Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Hola, Zarigüeyas. Hello, possums. Aloha, marsupials. Welcome to the week two Offensive Points podcast. Today, we'll be touching on some news, sharing with you our overreactions to week one, exploring a mysterious soundbite that Billy has on earth, and previewing all of the games for week two fantasy football. Please follow us on all the socials. We at the IDP Army put a ton of content out so on YouTube, so go click subscribe. You don't want to miss out on all of our shows. We have the Dynasty Tailgate and additional IDP content, and you can find all of your favorite offensive points clips on there. Remember, possums, we live it so you can win it. As always, I am here with Billy and Josh. Gentlemen, how are you doing today? Guys, guys, I, I missed you guys last week, um, but I'm thinking I'm going to start taking a week off more often after uh, winning a lot of my fantasy leagues this week. I think it was good for me. I felt out of the loop, and I felt like you guys had a like a more in-depth more in-depth touch to the the week but i for some reason did all right so you know i'm doing great it's been a great first week eagles won we'll get into that later don't worry yeah then we're gonna do our team recaps joe i mean i think we all have to announce on the podcast your beard is amazing i know that our our you know listening audience can't see it because this is an audio medium for the most part but i implore everyone to go check out the youtube clips this week because joe's beard is just stealing the show even more reason to go to the youtube channel whatever the content is that is happening out of our mouths is not going to matter because joe's face is going to completely steal the show so billy mays here with another fantastic product (laughs) i work hard on this beard i gotta trim it because if i don't trim it it grows up to my eyeball so that is fair i have seen you shave like like on your eye like whatever that line is the yeah it's pretty crazy it's a high cheek beard and then wow. you know it, it grows into a full neard, so I got to trim it up and make it look. Goes good. right into the ball fro. It just yep. right into the ball fro. Well, let's let's just start there. We I would like to appreciate and thank Bomber for being on the show last week, filling in for Josh. Cannot thank him enough. I'm glad he was here. Uh, by the way, shout outs to our boy Vinny over in New Zealand. The legend took off the whole three days for the first week of football, and he was up and Adam in our IDP Army like chat on Twitter. And it was just impressive to see the man is is working in a completely different time zone, different days, almost like actually. I, so it's crazy. I don't know if you know this, but he also changed his Facebook profile picture to our logo. So uh, yeah, even more <laughs> of a amazing. shout out to the man. And his your shirt is on the way officially. I promise you, it's been a long time coming, and uh, that's on the house. That's on the house right now. Vinny is a legend. It was pretty good, man. It was we were watching Monday Night Football, and he's like, "Yeah, it's Tuesday at like one o'clock here." So, <laughs> yeah, he's just you know, getting his afternoon right in the middle started. of the work day. <laughs> uh, it's rough. Wow. Could you imagine? I well, cannot, but it would be. I don't know. At some point, at least it's not in the middle of the night. Like if it was like three a.m. I think I'd be like, you know, well, I think that's what the first Sunday. That's what the was. Sunday night games are actually, because I watched the Blues over in Europe whenever they were in the Stanley Cup, and it was literally three a.m. in the morning, like to watch the game. Yeah, Julian was pretty pissed off at me when we went to Scotland. I was watching football. The twelve o'clock game started at eight p.m., and I was we watched that game, and she's like, "All right, bed." I'm like, "No, there's like there's like a whole night. Like I'm not going to bed." Uh, that's funny. All right, boys, let's get into the news. Football is officially back. I'm excited. We haven't done these these two part podcasts in a while, so I'm excited to get into the first part of this. And let's just start with the news. And the first topic is Dak Prescott fractured. 
his thumb and is out for a month. Is it time to panic on the Cowboys? Joe. Uh, for as out of sync as Dak looked week one, I get it. It was week one, but you know, Cooper rush has shown he can, he can be a game <laughs> manager type quarterback. So I don't think it's time to discount him completely yet, but uh, it's definitely not good news. You know, Jerry ever the optimist says that Dak is not going on IR because he could be back in less than four weeks. So We'll see. We'll see. It's definitely I, I see CD Lamb and uh, Cooper Rush being a better duo right now than Dak and CD. So wow. Yeah. Well, I was literally. I mean, Joe stole the words out of my mouth. I, it looked like Dak got injured on the first play, the way he played. So it doesn't look like it really changed the outlook. I don't know. I'm hoping that he would have been better in the time coming. But yeah, no. I I mean, it's it's time to panic. Just in general, I would have panicked before that happened. Like just watching the first half of football was ugly. And I know that they're playing against one of the most stout defenses in the league, but at the same time, that's no excuse to not be able to throw to your guy. Like he, he threw way too many balls to CD that were overthrown or underthrown or just not even to the man. So, yeah, but that's, that's my concern completely. And um, I, I mean, I'm not going to lie when Cooper rush got in there and sailed a ball like 15 feet over CD's head. I was like, Oh no. But then again, you're not working with the ones all week in the Cooper. If you're a Cooper rush, like, I think he'll be more in sync this week. I think they'll have a better chance. Cincinnati's defense, while it looked good, it you know I think there's a chance that it could be had by Cooper Rush in this upcoming game. But we'll see. We'll see. I I don't think it's completely time to panic, but it's definitely you know no, time to it's be cautious. It's, it's time, time to panic. Be cautious. If they lose like these three games, well, I like your guys. They optimism. didn't look good with Dak. Like that's the thing. It's like if I thought they were gonna i mean i guess it was time to panic on them whether he got hurt or not but i don't know we'll see that's it's really good for dalton schultz let's just put it that way i think i, he can say that. I think it, i actually agree on that part but at the same time i just i think that if they lose these first three games they're in a division where yeah it's supposed to be easy but everyone won their game except for them so what does that say about them yeah yeah you're right and i mean we didn't think i don't think they were going to beat tampa bay anyway but i thought they were at least they're the only team that didn't score a touchdown in the NFL. That's concerning to say That's the least. The, the Jets scored a touchdown and they look horrible. So little, little, uh, little concern, but we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. We'll see. You got to give a little out. bit of credit to the Buccaneers defense because we, I mean, of course, that looked course. insane, man. It did. They, uh, they did look good. By the way, Mike McCarthy and the Dallas Cowboys, let's not use Tony, Tony Pollard on uh, pass blocking plays. He is not built like that. So. Uh, I, who am I to say anything? But like, I think we all kind of knew that that was going to be a bad idea. So we'll that's definitely somebody. not ideal for his playing time either, though, which is a little unfortunate because he needs to be on the field to be able to kind of right. if it is he's a pass play built for it. So I don't know why they did that. I, don't know. I think we need to see Parsons at fullback. And then now we're thinking, yeah, I mean, get the man the ball in his hand and see what he does. I love it. All right. On to number two, Joe's Soldier Field decided to hurt Elijah Mitchell. It was Joe's Soldier Field decided to do this. It was a monsoon, an absolute disaster of a field. That is an absolutely terrible field. I cannot believe they haven't pushed for that new stadium yet, but we'll get into that later. Shanahan came out and said that they're going to be riding the hot hand, which is awesome for everyone that just picked up Jeff Wilson, by the way. That's an amazing thing for Shanahan to say, just to scare the shit out of everyone right off the bat like that. Um, so, guys – do we think it's going to be the Jeff Wilson show or is Shanahan going to do Shanahanigans or Shenanigans? Shanahanigans. Uh, I think it's Shanahanigans because um, they signed Marlon Mack almost immediately afterwards. Um, Tyrion Davis Price was a healthy scratch week one, and I think he's going to play a role as, as it is because Marlon Mack will not know the playbook. So it's going to be a split between those two guys. Um, I think Mack might have a role in this if they don't, if it doesn't work out with the two of them, but Personally, my biggest pickup was not to pick up Jeff Wilson, which I actually put a poll out there. And most people, it was pretty, it was pretty even, but most people did go with the, there will be better waiver one, waiver wire one options in the future. Um, mainly because Elijah Mitchell's only out for a few games. Uh, there's other options and it's San Francisco. Like there, you never know who's going to be the guy. I wouldn't put it, all my eggs into Jeff Wilson's basket. I'm down to start him this week just to see. Cause like, like you said, he's going to ride the hot hand. Unless Jeff Wilson fumbles on the first play, you should at least get 10 <laughs> points out of him. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we saw we saw them use Debo in their rushing role that he was doing last year, you know, pretty much right away after Elijah Mitchell got hurt. So I think we're going to see a lot of that. Jordan Mason's a name to keep an eye on. He looked really good in the preseason. Undrafted guy, 
you know, he should be pretty good. Uh, the problem with Jeff Wilson is we've seen this before. He has had the starting job. Obey, Tevin Coleman was there, but Tevin Coleman really didn't play much of a role. And he, you know, he's a good, Jeff Wilson's a good NFL running back. He's not going to get you fantasy points. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm not really well, interested in many of these guys. A, it's hard to take anything from what just happened in that Bears game because the field was an absolute disaster. Like, it's hard to – we don't really think much and highly of Trey Lance, but at the same time, it's hard to judge him based on what happened in that game. And him having 13 rushes, I think, was more a product of what the field looked like than actually the game plan because I don't think Kyle Shanahan wanted him to rush 13 times in that game. But I do think Debo Samuel is going to rush that much. So the rushing upside is going to be capped for Jeff Wilson or whoever is back there because I think the hot hand is Debo's hand. I don't think there. I don't think we even need to kid ourselves with who the hot hand is in that that backfield. I think it's the wide receiver. I think pretty highly of Trey Lance. I just wanted to throw that out there. I know I you don't. guys hate him. But. It's tough to take anything from that game, but he didn't. Yeah. I mean, he didn't blow my doors off or anything like. I, Billy stole my thunder here, but I was going to talk <laughs> about this later. I'm not. I'm not going to victory lap on Trey Lance after that game. There was no reason for anyone Nobody to be like, would "Oh, Trey Lance game. is trash because of that." No, he. I. We. He might still be trash, but he. I'm not judging anyone on that game. The so. Bears just had a better defense that day. That's that's and what better. The they had the broken big play. That's what helped. Well, yeah, I. That's true. I just. I. Yeah. Well. Yeah. yeah Pettis. Well, we should get into that one. Hopefully, that was not a broken play. Hopefully, though. Joe touches on that in his recap. <laughs> All right. Well, the last item I have for news is kind of a multi-pronged thing, but this is what I'm calling playtime panic. And these are, I think, five situations where the playtime for these teams is concerning, but we need to decide whether that is something we need to panic about or it's just no big deal and that's just how this game script fell in week one. So my first one for this one is A.J. Dillon was way more involved than Aaron Jones in that game plan, and they were down to the the Vikings. Are we concerned about this at all? No. I I'm not. I mean, AJ Dillon, he I think they were trying to establish the run because the Vikings were in their grill on every single play with those pass rushers. So I think they were trying to get AJ Dillon, who's the bigger back, you know, to kind of take some pressure off of Rodgers. Aaron Jones, especially after last week, is the wide receiver one on this team. Um, and they're gonna realize that and they're gonna start throwing him the ball more and get him more involved. I don't see any way that they don't do that. So that's why I'm not too worried about it. Yeah, same. Not worried about this because I think both of them, once again, there's no valid receivers on the team. So therefore, they're both going to be heavily involved. And I think it just happened to go in A.J. Dillon's favor. He did a little bit better. Aaron Jones do a little better on, on occasion. It's going to be both of them pretty evenly. Obviously, one's going to have more than the other. It's not going to be perfectly balanced. They can't do it snap for snap or anything. So I think it just depends on how the game flow falls. And I think you're fine starting both of these guys all year. If anything, we learned that A.J. Dillon is startable all year right now. Well, yep. I, and I agree. The only thing I, I would mention is that, like, if you're an Aaron Jones owner, this has to be frustrating to watch because I think that you took him thinking that he would be heavily used in the passing game, and it was kind of split equally between Dylan and AJ and Aaron Jones. So that that part was a, a tad frustrating. But then again, the game was kind of out of hand pretty quick. I mean, Rodgers clearly didn't have anybody to throw the ball to. Christian Watson threw a wide o or missed a wide open seventy five yard touchdown. He just drop the ball because i mean as josh said a million times that's just christian watson you know like that's what we should have expected from him but yeah this offense does not look good and those two are going to have to be equally involved i think i don't remember ever saying that but i love that you're just like you hate fucking I, hates I, I, you. I, I just hate remember you hated christian watson i don't know i didn't I'll, say that he's gonna drop a 75 yard touchdown nobody should have dropped that you, may but, as you know well what have. You i'm may glad have. that you put those words in my mouth because he should not have dropped that well, I'm attributing Christian Watson hate to Josh. So that's fair. It didn't, happen, it. it didn't happen. All right. On to the next one. Alvin Kamara was only on the field for 60% of the plays and they were behind. Is this something we need to panic about, Josh? Yep. 100%. Everyone should be panicking right now. This is not what we expected from Kamara's usage, especially with a quarterback actually on, on the team again. Uh, no offense to Taysom Hill, who uh, <laughs> is, uh, I, somehow had more rushing yards than Kamara. Um, I just don't like this. It, it, the fact that I know that the big play for Hill was a fluke, obviously, I mean, obviously it worked, but that's not going to be 84 yards every week for him. But at the same time, the fact that it happened and the fact that Kamara still wasn't used after that or before that, or during that is just weird to me. And, um, I'm a little panicky on Kamara right now. I'm terrified on Kamara right now. It, 
Mark Ingram played 33% of the snaps. It seemed like he was out there for 75% of the snaps. It was they when he was out there, he was he was being used. And they have, I mean, Jarvis Landry looked incredible. Michael Thomas, I think it was a, the touchdowns were a little bit fluky, um, but he was heavily used. And I mean, as long as we can remember, the Saints really haven't had this and since Marquis, well, even Colston was like the only one on the team. So mm-hmm. They really haven't had a trio of pass catchers on this team in a long time. So, yeah, I'm terrified. Yeah, I, I have to agree. I I really thought that Alvin Kamara was going to be back up to his old, you know, 75%, and he was going to get heavily used in the past game, especially when they were down. You're like in this catch-up effort. You're thinking they were going to heavily lean on him, and they just didn't. And that's not what, not what I thought was going to happen at all, and that's very concerning because, yeah, it did feel like, uh, Mark Ingram was on the field way, way more than Alvin Kamara, but I don't know. You think we used to think the Taysom Hill and Sean Payton thing, the love connection was there. Maybe it's Taysom Hill and Mickey Loomis. I mean, maybe it goes beyond. Maybe. Sean. I mean, I, I they have the salary, so they have to use them, which I love the way they're using him. It's just weird because you thought that once Sean Payton left, it would be a lot less frequent, or maybe just as a tight end. But they still are using him in that like kind of uh, wildcat formation type get plays, and it's just wild to me. But honestly, good for him. Like good yeah. for Taysom Hill, and like he looks great. Like if he were to get 10, 15 carries a game, what would he do with them? You know. I, I mean, I thought they would like, you know, you know, do one of those things where they like pass it back to the receiver and the receiver throws a touchdown, you know, get one of those little adorable plays out there. But no, they actually like <laughs> had him involved, which was not what I expected. But whatever. I guess Taysom Hill is here to stay. Waiver wires, maybe time to pick him up. All right. I actually well, think it is, but we'll get into that later. Okay. Oh, we, we sure will then. Um, all right. So the next one is Devin Singletary with 60-40 snap split with Zach Moss. Guys, is Zach Moss back? No. No, I'm not ready to say it. It could I, be, it could be Cook next week. I, I think that's Bills. exactly what it is. Is Cook fumbled on his first play and never saw the ball again, basically. And Zach Moss did have some action in the passing game, but I think that's reserved for James Cook. I think that was just a a treatment of a rookie in a game that was I wouldn't say out of hand, but well well in the lead for most of the game. So they weren't worried about throwing James Cook out there. It was more of a learning lesson for him. I don't think this is Zach Moss. I think Zach Moss is the odd man out in the long run. Um, I think James Cook's going to be the passing down back. Honestly, I'm shocked that they, for being winning the game the entire time, basically, that Devin Singletary wasn't used as much because the man looked great on the ground. Um, I think James Cook just, he got that that rookie treatment there for dropping the ball in his first touch. And then Zach Moss, you're up, next man up. And he did fine with it. He did. I, I agree completely. I, I think anybody who used a waiver wire on Zach Moss this week thinking maybe they've got something, I I don't think you got something. Just putting that out there. All right, on to the next one. Kyle Phillips out snap trail on Burks, including tra- Kyle Phillips catching the very clutch pass down the field to try to win that game. Guys, is it concerning that Kyle Phillips is out snapping the first round pick and Burks? Should we should we press the panic button, Joe? No, we should not. <laughs> so there were three wide receivers that had the top target share. Devonta Adams had 31%. Tyreek Hill had 30%. Kyle Phillips had 29% target share in his offense. I'm not going to buy it. What I'm looking at here is Traylon Burks had a 21% target share. So they're clearly trying to get him the ball here. Um, you know, Kyle Phillips was matched up on Darnay Holmes, who PFF, I think, scored at like 45 at cornerback which is horrible. So I think the matchup was just there for Kyle Phillips. And, you know, I think he's a usable player. I just don't think you can bank on this type of usage every single week. I think this was, you know, something there's something there with him. I'm just not ready to jump on the bandwagon yet. Maybe, maybe it's because Tannehill has the most experience with him out of the three, but honestly, I think the biggest concern out of all this is Robert Woods's usage. Uh, Two targets is not a good start for him coming in. And I mean, maybe he's not fully back yet injury wise. And maybe he's kind of out there as a decoy, but uh, Traylon Burks, obviously, you know, a little disappointing in the start, but he's a rookie. I mean, you got to give him a couple games. If you had AJ Brown, you wouldn't have had to worry about that. He would have went for 150, but uh, you know, no problem. <laughs> Thank you. Well, that was, that was my biggest takeaway from that game was like, man, they miss AJ Brown because while Kyle Phillips and Traylon Burks are like gonna maybe have great careers, they're not established right now. And if Tennessee truly was trying to like win right now, I don't don't know why we I don't know why we made that move, but you know, here we are. 
I think we do need to give some credit to the Giants on this one because without Ojolari or Thibodeau, their defense actually looked pretty damn good in this one. Now, we can chalk it up to the Titans just looking very bad, but I want to give the Giants a little bit of credit here for, for what they did to them. I agree. I also really like this wide receiver core. So like I'm down to own any of these three players. Like I would be down to grab any of them. And Kyle Phillips is obviously the least of them. Um, But if you see, let's say Robert Woods or Traylon Burks have another bad week and you see him slip out, go grab him. I'd consider trying to make a move for Burks now. If if somebody that bought like, you know, bought in on him is kind of like, you know, a little uneasy because they're like, oh, he's didn't really wasn't really involved. Like I would send just see what the feelers are, see what somebody's willing to trade, because I think down the stretch he's going to get more involved as we go. And especially when Malik Willis takes over by week eight, I think we'll be, you know, he'll be heavily involved then. Yeah, because they are clearly trying to get him involved. It's not a fluke there. Right. Okay. Got two more, which I couldn't count. I thought we only had five, but we don't. Um, Tony was only on the field for seven plays, and Wandale Robinson was only on the play for, or field for nine plays. Guys, what the hell happened there? It's the Giants, man. You don't know what they're going to do. I don't get it. You don't get it. None of us get it. Sterling Shepard was the leading receiver. Um, good for him. We love it. We love to see it. He'll be well, the Joe, leading. Joe doesn't. Joe hates. I I love to see it, but at the same time, I like. It. I don't get it. If I'm being honest, because you have these young shiny toys, and we're just not using them. So maybe. Tony's not 100% right now. I don't know. Uh, maybe they just don't trust Wandale yet. I don't know. It's a weird... It, it seems to me that it was the Saquon Barkley show, and then let's... The, the rest were, uh, you know, extras in the in the movie, so... Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> Tony had the least amount of snaps, but was the most effective with what he had with those snaps. I mean, Sterling Shepard came out of nowhere. I don't think anyone had him playing this week. Nope. Tony had that really weird offseason where he wasn't practicing and then they were going to trade him and there's something going on here. Uh, they're going to have to start using him and at least see what they have or put him on display for a team that is looking to make a trade for him. So I'm not too worried about that. I just wouldn't trust any Giants pass catchers at all. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree. I would say not trusting anybody from New York right now is probably – I'm talking both teams. Maybe Saquon Barkley, obviously. But Can we like- get – can we get Galladay off this team real quick? Like, get him on a team where he can actually make a difference somewhere. I just, I don't, I don't know if he can. Five make receivers a on this team right he, now. If he could make a difference, I'm pretty positive they would make him make a difference. I think Galladay might be washed, and that's what nobody they don't want to admit because they're paying him too much money. But good for know. him, though. I don't good think he's. Him. I don't think he's washed. I think this is a product of being on a terrible team and having five receivers running around out there. I mean, how are you going to say he's washed if he only gets two targets in a game? I mean, I I just think they would get him more involved and more focused if they truly trusted him. They don't. That's, I, I mean, they don't trust Wandale or Kadarius Tony in that matter. Then, well, that I, I know. I'm concerned. I'm concerned all the way around Daniel about the Jones Giants. Is what the thing is. Well, and that's probably trust Jones, and they're like, yeah, let's just run with Saquon. He's healthy that's again. Probably it. But they got the win, so I don't. You know, we just shouldn't be that. You know, they obviously are smarter than us. Barkley's back healthy, so as long as he's out there, you're in good shape. All right, last one, and this is not – we don't even need to comment on it. It's just interesting, and it's kind of like confirmation bias, and that's Durham Smythe heavily out-snapped Mike Gesicki. And if you have Gesicki on your team right now, you are in trouble, my friends. He is not a part of this game plan at all, and he is probably not going to score many points. I hope you don't have him. Please say you don't, but – they have three Gosh, targets. Just... They had three targets between the two of them. I think it's just once again shiny new toys here. Tua's not worried about their tight his tight ends right now. He's trying to he's trying to prove that he's a passer and he can put the ball downfield. But in reality, he's mostly safe with the ball as it is. So I I don't get it. I don't Smythe have anything is, to add there. No, I was just saying Smythe is a run blocking guy. That's why they have him in more plays. I don't know. I just if you're in the Gasicki business, it'd be time to get out. It might be a good time to trade for him in Dynasty. Just because he might yeah. sign him for a year, I think. So yeah. if he gets moved to a team that actually, you know, like the Chargers or something, next year that could be really solid. I'm out on anyone who's not named Tyree Kill and uh, Waddle on that team. So yeah, that's probably for the for the best. I, I've heard little birdies chirping that Gasicki was on the trade block this offseason and he didn't get moved. So I don't know. I don't think Mike McDaniel's a big fan. That's all. I'm just going to leave it at that. I don't, I don't know that for sure, but I've just heard through the grapevine. Okay. Let's move on to our next part of this podcast. And that is our team recaps guys. Do you want to celebrate your wins or do you want to celebrate my loss? Your loss for sure. Okay. 
Let me, let me crack my knuckles real quick. Get a One minute on the clock. All right. And all right. So, guys, I think we're going to talk about Baker Mayfield being up and down in this game in a roller coaster. And I understand that that's, you know, how we have to start off the season. Um, we all expected a lot more for Baker. We really thought he was going to come out there and go scorched earth, but he was doing kind of his same old, same old tricks where he threw the ball directly into the line. Anybody who put their hand up, he aimed for that hand. It felt like, um, as we were watching the first half, half was a disaster to say the least. It was a, it was just a disaster to watch. Joe put a napkin over the back of my Jersey to cover up the name Mayfield because it was embarrassment to the entire B-dubs that we were sitting in. Um, as I, I would say, as the, the game went on, the team remembered that they had Christian McCaffrey on the team, which is a very interesting strategy for the Panthers to forget for him for an entire half of football. But as soon as they figured he was on the team, they actually got him more involved. The offense looked a lot cleaner. Baker Mayfield was able to actually throw the ball downfield, which was amazing to see. Uh, Robbie Anderson, you're welcome, buddy. And I think the Panthers will be fine in the long run. You think it in the long run, huh? All right, keep pounding. But anyway, um, hashtag keep pounding. Um, I'm surprised you didn't end that way. Uh, yeah, I well, they didn't win. With, so I, don't I just your optimism is is phenomenal, Bill. I'll give you that one. I don't um, think they're going to be like a winning. I don't think they're going to go like nine and eight. I just think they're going to be better than what they were in the first half of that football game. I think Baker Mayfield looked like absolute dog shit, and I think that there's a reason that second, no one wants him. I could tell you weren't watching the second half. I could tell you weren't watching the second half. All right, Joe, you want to go ahead and go, man? Yeah, yeah, I'll go. Uh, my Bears had a surprising win. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw how rainy it was. I know you two did. It was, but it was really nasty. It was really wet. It was really sloppy. And the Bears played an actual entertaining game. I mean, there was nothing. Justin Fields couldn't get anything going in the first half, and they made an adjustment in the second half, and they looked pretty good. Lots of broken plays, some sliding on the field. Elijah Mitchell got hurt. Really sorry about that if you have him on your team. But – it was pretty solid. Dante Pettis resurrected his career in this one and scored a long touchdown. St. Brown, equanimous St. Brown, not even Amon Ra scored a touchdown. Cole Komet got nothing. David Montgomery and Cleo Herbert split. It was a nasty game, but we got out of there with the with the dub. So it was pretty entertaining. I'm proud That's of your Bears, show. And, yeah, and, Sh- and Shanahan, you brought this upon yourself, buddy. Just saying. Brought this upon yourself. And Equinemius and Amon Ross scored touchdowns within like a minute of each other. So I know their parents yeah, are proud. It was wild to watch. Oh, yeah. So, don't panic on Mooney. I'm sorry. Oh, I just got don't panic on, on anyone from that game. You can't yet. That's just Except not. Except for Trey Lance, right, Josh? No, I even said that I'm not doing that yet. I'll do that next oh, week. Wow. I'm impressed. No. All right. On to the Eagles. Uh, we're back, baby. Uh, <clears> we got uh, Jalen Hurts looking like a man, a man amongst boys. Looked a little shaky in the first quarter, uh, but Jalen Hurts basically proved that he's going to be the guy there. He got about three or four, 14, third and 14 rush yards uh, to finish off the drive. Miles Sanders is back. He got his first touchdown after not having one last year. And like I told you, go. you should have got him. If you didn't, it's too late. Eighth round was just way too great for his value. Uh, he's going to be great. Yes, the other two will be involved, but Miles Sanders is the number one. Uh, also, don't panic on Devontae Smith yet. I know you are, but you're wrong. Uh, it was a game script, and eventually A.J. Brown is going to get doubled. If you can't, go trade for Devontae Smith. Uh, and also, Eagles, uh, figure out the run defense. That was that was embarrassing. That was really embarrassing. But honestly, not worried at all about this team right now. I think your defensive coordinator might be in trouble. And but... that's fine. We haven't been the same since uh, Frank Reich left, honestly. Yeah, he might he might be available eventually at some sure. point this season. Just go Eagles. If just throwing it out there, yeah, I, Eagles are Eagles are a good team. They're they're gonna be fine. Defense. How about AJ Brown, Brown man? That was, was that was beautiful. I know everybody was like shocked. I guess or something. Like I was listening to some like podcasts and stuff, and it's like, duh, they're a good team. If they had a wide receiver, we were saying that all last season. They don't so, listen to offensive points. Clearly, sure don't. So that was actually the first time a someone on their first game with the team got over 150 yards or something like that. I think the the highest was 120 or something on their first game for a receiver. Or I think and actually I think it was any like offensive weapon like running back as well. Hmm. AJ That's Brown crazy. also had his highest crazy career player. yardage total, so mm-hmm. he's making wow. history. Week one, making well, history. I just I we told we told everybody so. We did. I talked about it like way too often. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So it's, it's kind of on them <laughs> at this point. Yeah, that, that is true. All right, guys. This week we are going to do week one overreactions. Now these are just sweeping declarations. These are not just about the upcoming week. These are going to be about just overreacting to things that happened this week and hopefully we're going to have some total insanity upon us here so joe do you want to kick us off yeah i would love to kick you off so we're going to start <laughs> with hunter renfro is dead this is my overreaction for the week and i think it is absolutely true here there is a new lady that has caught the eye of Derek carr and it's Devonte adams and he doesn't give a shit about anyone else on this team anymore because he has Devonta Adams now. So Hunter Renfro had six targets, caught three of them for like 21 yards. <laughs> I uh, Everyone was really high on Hunter Renfro going into the season. I, I saw this coming on here. So you guys drafted him, not me. I... I actually didn't. I, I, was, I was talking to people that have. Oh, Renfro. sorry. You're talking to the, <laughs> no. you're talking to the past. No, I, I see. I know where you're coming from. It seemed like I targeted you too, but it was in the general populace of fantasy football players that have Hunter Renfro on their team. I felt the eyeballs. Yeah. He was actually going really high. And I, yes. I felt like I was like there, they barely had Renfro and Waller. And it's not like there wasn't like anyone who could catch a ball on the team. It was just the targets went to two people. And so now it's it's obviously Adams and Waller. Waller still had a pretty uh, valuable game as well, which was nice to see after the injury. So I completely agree. I don't have anything. I don't have anything to add to that. I'm, I'm targets for no, Renfro. Peppered. Or for Adams. Jesus. Peppered no, with targets. I think you're right. I think he will have some splash games this season, but as a whole, yeah, not. He's not the not every week lineup guy, wide receiver too, like you had last year. It's not happening anymore. Right. Very concerning. All right, Josh, you want to go? Yeah. Um, so once again, this is an overreaction. So before anyone like burns me and this is this is an overreaction. So I just overreact. Say this. Carson Wentz is a valid starter in 12 man lineups right now. He is currently the QB three and threw for four touchdowns. Yes, he did have some Carson Wentzy uh, type behavior out there. Uh, but I have to say this man is a valid starter right now. We saw Tom Brady. We saw uh, Aaron Rodgers. We saw Matt Stafford. We saw Joe Burrow, although he, albeit he did fix it at the end. We saw a bunch of the top few starters uh, just have really bad games and never looked good again, uh, except for, you know, with the, the exception of Joe Burrow there. But four interceptions, two interceptions. Yeah. Wentz had two interceptions. You know what else he did? Threw for almost 400 yards. So, I mean, on one hand, you're right. I, I, I agree completely with what you're saying. On the other hand, they're playing Jacksonville. So, right. My point exactly. It's due to the oh, okay. sheer talent around him, not because okay. of Carson Wentz. Can I hijack this to throw some water on another piece of this Washington offense? And that's Jahan Dotson. So I know that it looked great when he caught two touchdowns in this game. I understand that looked beautiful. And you probably were like, I've caught lightning in a bottle here. He He's only, the next Justin Jefferson. He only had three targets the whole game. That is not good. That is efficient. I'll give you that. But as far as like him being an every week starter, I still think it's extreme. Like in the same game, uh, Travis Etienne dropped two touchdowns. Like that's how fickle this stuff is. And I, like everybody's like this week panicking on Etienne, but yet saying that Dotson is like the next big thing. And I'm just here to tell you this, this fantasy football doesn't work like this. It doesn't always go your way. I, I just have to say it. I'm going to hijack your soapbox and pour some water on another guy, <laughs> Mr. Curtis Samuel, who had 11 targets in this game. Had a pretty pretty good game, we'll say that. But at the end of the day, it is Curtis Samuel. He has never done it at this point. People are dropping good established players to get Curtis Samuel on their team. I, I'm not seeing it. The way this offense is built, you have a true alpha in Terry McLaurin. You have a red zone guy, apparently, in Dotson. Curtis Samuel in the middle. Logan Thomas made a surprise comeback. We got the running backs. We got J.D. McKissick. There's a ton of mouths to feed. I'm going to chalk this up to he had a good matchup this week. I'm not going headfirst into the deep end on uh, Curtis Samuel. Just oh, okay. Yet. After it's naming all those guys, do you kind of feel a little bit more comfortable? Like, holy shit, I could start Wentz if I had, you know, 
Stafford right now, and I'm not feeling very comfortable. I, mean, I, I don't. I, I don't hate Wentz, your man. I don't hate your wins take. I think it's a very good. I I I hope. Again, this is an overreaction. I'm not starting him this week, but I'm. Uh, I I'm don't. I. It. As, as much of an overreaction as it is, I actually feel at to come to terms with it. So let me get on to my overreaction, which is trade every single cowboy that you have on your football team. And that includes Michael Mike, Micah Parsons. And it's not because I think Micah Parsons is bad. Um, I just think – and who knows? You have T.J. Watt go out now because – and now these players are way more valuable. I just think what you could get for Micah Parsons right now might be the most and highest – like spot that you're going to have Micah Parsons for the entire rest of the season. Um, and as far as the offensive pieces go uh, under Cooper rush, I don't think they're going to be very good. I don't like what I've seen from Cooper rush this far. I don't like the Cowboys unless they trade for a quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo, for example, even though they would not do that, I don't think. Um, and I don't really like when Dak is there, you know, last season, it was very sketchy. Anyway, what was going on with Dak? We were very like, weirded out and concerned and we chalked it up to he was injured the entire season well guess what guys we're starting off with a thumb fracture right off week one and you think that's going to be feeling good after four weeks no it's not it's going to linger the entire season get me out of the cowboys market i like that overreaction i honestly the micah parsons one i don't know if you really this is why you're saying this but honestly to trade out of micah parsons right now is they're not going to be in the pass rush, pass rush as much because they're probably going to be playing down a lot. So there's probably going to be a lot of rush. <clears throat> He'll probably still get the tackles now that he's playing at the linebacker slot, but those sacks are probably uh, going to be dwindling a little bit. Instead of one to two sacks, he might have zero to one. So I just think his value will never be as high as it is right now. I think it's only going to get middling possible. Like it can only go down. Like honestly, I think, especially if a TJ Watt manager is panicking try to feast on somebody on their team that they need. Like this is a perfect opportunity, you know, dynasty, obviously don't do anything stupid, but like redraft. um, I think you should at least touch to see what the, what the the manager's thinking. Yeah. I smell where you're stepping in. I don't mind it. Okay, Joe. All right. So my other one, Cam Akers is droppable and has zero value. Um, (laughs) Guys, we are uh, we're getting a ton of these questions about Cam Akers, and I disagree here. What happened week one was very upsetting, but people are absolutely overreacting to this one. And I've actually read several articles articles saying that Daryl Henderson is elite, <laughs> elite. I mean, dude, he he's efficient. Can we all agree that Daryl Henderson is a very efficient fantasy football player? When he has the role, he puts up the points. I wouldn't say anything that man does is elite. I mean, maybe he's good at crocheting or something that I don't he's know. He's elite about. at being average. Exactly. Exactly. Couldn't have said it better myself. But Cam Akers, honestly, is a good guy to try to buy low on right now because he is bottom of the barrel. People are so upset with him. It's ridiculous. And it's a long season. So, as much as we throw shade on Cam Akers and told you guys not to draft him in the third round, right now he's actually at a value and could become very valuable at the end of the season. Where did Daryl Henderson be injured, which he always seems to be injured at some point. And the Rams offense is going to play better than it did Monday. So come on, quit overreacting on Akers. Oh, I thought you were saying that Cam Akers actually is human garbage because that's how I was feeling about it. No, I was disagreeing with this overreaction from the fantasy community. Oh, no, okay. I I do disagree with you on this. I think Cam Akers is garbage. My apologies. I thought you were saying. I missed what you were smelling. I do too. And it's not because of... You know, I, I think Cam Akers was at one point a fine running back. Um, I think that Sean McVay not using him in a game that they absolutely needed every good player on the field at all times, and to have Jake Funk out there more than him, I just don't love it. <laughs> I just don't love it for Akers, and that makes me scared that McVay might know something that we don't, and we can only tell by what happens on the field rather than what we think could happen. It's kind of like the Todd Gurley injury. Um, like it was very similar to that. Three carries for zero yards uh, to me is is telling right there. And the fact that you said it, Jake Funk was on the field. Why? Because he's uh, got a cool name. He does have a cool name, name. but you'd cool think name. that Cam Akers should be available in the passing game at the very least and not to see a target, but to have two carries for zero yards just hurts me. I don't know. I'm just saying he's not. He has some value still. It's not. Okay. If you hey, if somebody if somebody out there sells him for something that is like 
what we you know what you're considering like really buying low please send us a dm on twitter like dms are open send us a picture i would love to see what somebody's able to pull off uh for cam Akers. so i was out on cam Akers before the achilles injury i don't know if you guys remember that a couple years back but um i just or i guess last year um i just don't see it i mean i people just crowned him king it was very similar to the trey lance thing where we're just like we're just crowning him a top five running back or a top five quarterback like it, it didn't make any sense to me and then coming back from that achilles injury and then seeing this it's kind of just all confirmed it for me i'm i'm glad that i have no shades rookies guys I don't hate rookies. I hate people nice. that crown rookies. Look at Clyde Edwards Alaire. Where I mean, yeah, he caught two touchdowns this week, but like as a uh, second round pick two years ago, he's been a bust. I mean, comparatively to where they just crown him. And honestly, I think Brees Hall went in a really relatively good spot this year as a rookie, like the best rookie running back. But well, and of course, Kyle Pitts, right? I mean, once again, stop stop putting vaulting rookies above like actual proof players. That's my thing. <laughs> I had I had to do it, Joe. I, Sorry. It's fine. <laughs> All right. Anyway, let's get into mine. Um, mine is uh, Cordell and Cordero. Uh, the CC's Pizza himself is an RB2 for the foreseeable future. Um, 22 carries, 120 yards and a touchdown. A couple catches on top of that. Uh, three other carries went to running backs. Um, Mariota did have like 12 or 13 carries himself, but uh, Cordell Patterson is proved that he is a valuable running back and we see it again and it, it is actually i don't even think this is an overreaction i think this is a real reaction so um yeah algier didn't play i think he was a healthy scratch or they just didn't give he him was. the ball um but at the moment cordell patterson until he stops rushing for 100 plus yards on 20 carries i don't think he can be sit the man's ridiculous. I mean, I, the fact that he man. didn't do this, the fact that he didn't do this for eight years of his career and now all of a sudden it's clockwork is it's weird. wild to me. I think it's I'm the same age as him weird. and my knee hurts and I haven't played any athletic things in the last, <laughs> like, it, actually, that's not true. I played volleyball not too long ago, but yeah, but like, I, I don't know, like this man is, we are the exact same age and this man is running for a hundred yards in the National Football League yeah. and I am, my knee hurts. That's fair. I mean, we said it. I said it before the season when I was. We were going over. You know, the he's the CC's buffet of running backs, and you know, you're you're not necessarily love it, but you know, you're gonna go up there and grab a piece. And if you have him, you're very happy. Especially those t- teams that picked him up last year in waivers um, in dynasty, and are just like still having to, like still having to roll him out there because he's still uh, worth a spot on the field. It's just hilarious to say the least. Um, you have zero reason to take him out of your lineup. So yeah, you really. Even I mean, it. they're playing the Rams this week, and I think you still keep him in your lineup. Yeah, I mean, you have to. Uh, I, even with Mariota, like even with everything that is on that team that's new, you still yeah have to put him out there. So okay, well, my last and the last overreaction for the podcast is I think the Cardinals are the worst team in the NFL, and I'm saying this a because the defense is terrible. I realize that Patrick Mahomes is who he is. That team is not a 44 points in one single game good of a team. I, I am not trying to take anything away from Mahomes at all. I'm not I'm not trying to, at least. I know it's going to come off that way. I promise you I'm not. But this defense couldn't stop anything. They're letting players like Jody Fortson, the, you know, the preseason hero, out there score touchdowns in the regular season. It's ridiculous. They have Buda Baker. They have Jalen Thompson. And – the entire rest of the defense is just a bunch of average people. And I, I don't think they're going to stop anybody this entire season. Fire everybody. In my opinion, you're going to have to fire everybody you have up on your team against them because your team's going to be eaten. And the offense didn't score. They scored 21 points for the game. One of those was in garbage time. Uh, the second one or the second one was, in my opinion, the game was still way out of reach by the time they scored it. And Kyler Murray does not look, great without uh deandre hopkins the run game is a hot ass mess we should have seen james connor not being good behind this old line coming from a mile away but we just trusted that that team would be able to get to the red zone and they couldn't i just think this team is bad and it's not necessarily kyler murray's fault it's not really like marquise brown it's not like any one piece's fault the team as a whole it just isn't very good they're using greg dorch dorch uh- Offense aside, because I don't think the offense is as bad as you think. You just hate Kyler Murray, which is fine. Um, I don't hate Kyler Murray. I got his damn jersey, have his right, jersey right there. Okay, okay. Offense aside, Joe hates Kyler Murray. 
Um, there we go. My not apologies. personally, not personally. <laughs> I just don't think he belongs in the NFL. He doesn't belong in the NFL. Anyway, the the defense itself though makes no sense to me uh, because they keep drafting these rookie linebackers, uh, which neither one has really worked out. Yeah, Zayvon Collins gets tackles. Sure, Isaiah Simmons has been a complete bust at this point. I mean, I think I can say it. Uh, they have a top ten secondary. Uh, or should on paper at least. Uh, but with between Byron Murphy, Baker, Buda Baker, and uh, Jalen Thompson. And then they let J- J- uh, Jordan Hicks walk for one of these crappy rookie wide linebackers. I just don't get it. Like, I, I get their D-, D line isn't great by any means, but like the six of those people, five of those people should be able to like make some semblance of a defense look decent. I know it's Patrick Mahomes and I know he picked them apart, but at the same time, it makes no sense to me how they could not stop him once. Get him up, get a pick. Just have good coverage on a on a corner, like or on a wide receiver. Like you got Juju and Velda Scantling running around out there. Yeah, Kelsey's a mismatch, sure, but isn't that what you sign these uh, fast uh, linebackers for? I it makes no sense to me. It's the defense Simmons is- was supposed to do. He was supposed to be able to cover a tight end. Like that's why they have him. And we saw what Kelsey did last week. Their defensive so, line is bottom five. Their offensive line is probably bottom five. And you got a quarterback that can't see over the line. No significant wide receivers and just no overall team spirit. So I don't like them. It just it just does I I realize that the offense on paper looks really good, but James Conner does not inspire, you know, like running 15 yards down the field. I don't know if I've ever seen James Conner in the last three years run 15 yards down the field. And Kyler isn't going to have any time to scramble because literally he's not even going to see his O line. Like he doesn't even need to see over him, Joe. They're going to, the defensive line is going to be in his face already by the time yeah, and he damn he sure can't see ball. over them. No, he won't. Which and this... I, I, he won't be able to scramble because he won't be able to get away. It's just this team looks horrible and they're going to be bad this year. Yeah, this offense is predicated on having a wide receiver one, which they do have in Hopkins. The suspension's really killing them. But, I mean, you got a bunch of below average guys playing, trying to fill in for a DeAndre Hopkins, and it is not working. Jets aside, they'll never be favored. They cannot be. There's just no way. I think what's going to happen this next couple of weeks is it's going to be the Zach Ertz show. And now that he's starting to get back to healthy, it's going to be it's going to be dump offs. It's going to be 10 yard passes. He's going to run for 10 more. Um, but at the same time, who the hell is Dorch? Why is, exactly. why is he relevant? Dude, where, is, that, where, are these, where are these other receivers? I know they're not great, he but they're, some they're hype on the, in the team. Preseason, but, well, A.J. Green's yeah. supposed to be out Where's there. Where's Marquise like, Brown? But he's not. I mean, Marquise Brown was used. Like, he, they, those two needed a couple weeks to get going anyway, but Dorch ends up being was he used? the guy. I, I mean, not heavily used, but like he was involved. Um, but just it was between Marquise Brown and Greg Dorch, like you're not gonna win football games with that. Like, God, just sad to see. Sad to see. Sad days. It is. All right. Well, that's enough overreactions. I think we overreacted enough. Um, and I think those were some great overreactions, by the way. So, all right. So this this season, we're gonna start a new segment at the end of the show, uh, where we play a sound clip from something that happened in the last week of the show. Um and it has to, anything to do that happens in the NFL world. So are you all familiar with the actor Anthony Mackie who played Falcon in the Avengers? Um, oh, he's the Saints guy who fan. he got he got dissed by uh, Eminem in 8 Mile, right? Yes, he did. That's exactly who he is. Um, never heard of him I realized coming at, coming at you all with pop culture right off the bat was not a, not a great choice. But um, Anthony Mackie's an actor. He go, play, He's in the Avengers. His real name is Clarence. Mile. Yeah, exactly. Same guy. Okay, well, he decided to go to the Saints-Falcons game this past weekend, and here is an interaction he had with a fan. Well, one thing about it, when you're in Atlanta, I don't care if you're a celebrity, we're on the Avengers, you ain't welcome. You ain't welcome. Rise up, baby. Right, Anthony Mackie. Show your face if you're going to rep the Saints in Atlanta. We don't want you. Rise up, baby. Let's go. Rise up, they disappoint your father. He raised you to be better than him. Oh, be a better man. Hey, be the best hey. man that you can hey. be. Hey, rise up, baby. Be a better man. Rise up. Don't disrespecting hey. your father. Hey, but rise up. Your father's saying. You disrespecting the ladder. When you're in the A, you represent the A. Sir, I'm sorry that your sperm turned out to he's be. He's sorry. He's a. He's I'm sorry. Sorry. He's an H fan. Rise up, baby. We don't want you. Yay, welcome. Rise up. 
Wow. I'm so glad we have no context of this beforehand. Oh, I'm sorry that your sperm turned out to this. Wow, that's amazing. For some reason, meeting like uh, opposite fans like that is just the best way to do it. And like, what a class act right there. He's like, you make, he walked over there and said, listen, you're making your father sad. He's not having a good time. Which is what I'm telling all of you every time you do so. When you fell on rocks the other day, that's what I should have said. (laughs) Yeah. I told my dad. That's not even true. Do you know my dad? I actually learned that from him. I watched him. Yeah, he did fall in the boat pretty damn hard. I've seen him him fall over a couple times. Not (laughs) Not the sturdiest the halls we are. Can you imagine that guy has to go into work on Monday and like that clip is on the internet? Like, I don't know. I'm assuming he's, you know, I, I have I to, in my brain, say he's like an accountant or something. He's just going to go into the office. All that like, man is high. definitely a construction worker. <laughs> that dude is not, with that beard, he is so. not an accountant. He's not an accountant. But <laughs> I honestly, would not so, get my taxes done by that guy. It's funny <laughs> on both ends because like Anthony Mackie was such a class act about it. And then the fan was like, we won. What up? Rise up. We're trying I'm to just yelling up. at him. That'd be like me yelling, "Keep pounding!" in somebody's face, like with the well, camera. Well, it seemed at first it seemed a little racist, and I was a little worried <laughs> that's where it was going to go because yeah. I did not have any context. But then Anthony Mackie came over and was just like, "Listen, man, <laughs> stop it. Letting your father down. Letting your father down." Uh, uh, all right. Well, where do you find this stuff, Bill? Um, just combing Twitter, my guy. Like the Twitter, Twitter is a fun and amazing. You know that place. beard beard comb you got? He's been and... doing that with Twitter. He doesn't <laughs> exactly. have a beard. Exactly. It sticks in there, man. All right, everybody. Well, this is the end of the part one of the podcast. Go listen to part two, where we're about to uh, preview every single game in the NFL and tell you every single fantasy relevant player that you're going to play in each one of your teams. Go follow us on YouTube at IDP Army. Uh, hopefully you have by now, but if you haven't, go click that subscribe button. We've got plenty of clips on there. we got live shows on Sundays uh, that we can answer questions on, or if you just want to catch up on any content that you may have missed, um, it'll all be on there in short little clips that Josh will you know, delightfully make for us and put out on there. Um, follow us on TikTok. We're going to be having game previews on there, and Jordan's starting to put content on there. Can't say it's all great content, but, you know, it's content, content nonetheless. nonetheless. It's 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 content that you won't get anywhere else. Let's put it that way. Um, <laughs> and please, please, please go uh, subscribe to the Patreon. Uh, the link is in the bio for this video or any of our other videos. Um, there's like the IDP index. I, we can't even sell it any way better than it's just amazing to use. It's a great resource and tool. And especially for these early season games, it's just an easy way to get a leg up on anybody else in your league because you're going to be having information that none of them have. It's just an all-access database where you can just get anything you need. So please go subscribe to that, sign up for it, and you get into it. So, Joe, get us out of here. Possums, we will see you on the other side. Peace. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.